0: If you didn't catch our mini episode last week, we are asking our listeners, that's you, to help us with a quick survey to get to know you a little better. This would really help us in understanding who our audience is and how we can best serve you. I promise it will take you less than five minutes. It's only 10 quick questions. Just click the link in the show notes. We would be so grateful for your help. This is episode 102 Thank You for Voting with Erin Geiger-Smith. This episode is all about voting and why you should vote and why you should learn about this as a teen or as an adult. I wanted to ensure you that it is completely nonpartisan and not politically charged in any way and we hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to Becoming where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tani Beardoff. And
0: Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently and discover who you really want to become. Welcome everybody. We're so excited to have you here today. We are very excited to share this fun topic. We thought it was very time sensitive, so we're actually going to insert this in the middle of our break between seasons to bring to you an episode all about voting. Our guest today is Erin Geiger-Smith, who is a journalist. She has written for the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and is a writer of not one, but two amazing, fun, and nonpartisan books Thank you for voting and the Young Readers edition of the same title. We are so excited to have Aaron with us today to talk all about voting. Erin, welcome to Becoming.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today.
1: Yeah, we are so happy to have you on here to teach us more about this. And you have these two books, so both for adults who are already eligible to vote and for these young readers, right? So tell me why you created a book for young readers who are not ready to vote. Why was that so important to you?
2: Sure. It actually wasn't the plan from the beginning, but once I started writing the adult book and was sort of far into the research, I realized how much I was learning that I didn't learn in school and wish that I had. So that was one part of it. And then the other was the news literacy chapter talking about how so much news is coming at us all the time, even when you're not seeking it out. As kids get older and have social media accounts, information just comes from all different directions. I realized how important it is to be able to read the news and separate fact from fiction and understand people's motivations sometimes. And that's important all the time, but it's especially important with political news. And so that was really the driver. When my editor kind of floated the idea, I immediately said, yes, yes, let's do it. Because I I wanted to help people learn things early that I somehow missed. I figured if I didn't know them, I couldn't be the only one. Mm -hmm. And also to learn to read the news, which I think is a really, really important skill. These days, you have to learn how to do it. You can't sort of guess your way. Into it. So, those were the two major reasons sort of fill in the history and learn to read the news, which is something I care a whole lot about.
0: And I love that other aspect of it, of being able to read the news. Many young people don't read the news, but they get the news. And so, that's a really cool aspect of it. I love that. So, let's get right into this. Why is it important that people vote? This is the topic today. Like, why is this so important? The thing that everyone says all the time that's
2: sort of a cliche is your vote is your voice, but it's really true. Voting is the way that you tell decision makers what your values are and how you would like them to steer your city or your state or your country. Politicians really listen to those who vote. A lot of times people think, "Well, I don't care about politics." And you know what the truth is? I don't like politics either. That's the <laughs> that's the other truth of this book is I care a whole lot about policy. But I don't like the back and forth and the gamesmanship. Like, that part doesn't interest me. But I do care a whole lot about healthcare and education and how people can handle their big college loans or pay for college. And all of that comes from policy. If you care about any of those things, it's really important to show up and vote. And for young people especially, not enough young people vote. There's no other way to say it. In the 2016 election, only 46% of people who were 18 to 29 voted. So more than half the people who could choose the president or their senator or their congressman or, in some cases, depending on what's on your ballot that year, your mayor or your governor just didn't make that choice. And that means that that age group is letting the oldest Americans make a whole lot of decisions for them. Wow. That's why you need to show up because politicians, whether you like it or not, make decisions that really, really affect your life. And sometimes it's easier to think of that on a smaller level, something that's really close to you. So like if you live in a small town, I grew up in a really tiny town. There was a stoplight in town. There was when I was little, there was really only one. But after a while there was another stoplight put up that made no sense. There was never any reason to stop there. It just
1: <laughs> someone
2: I guess had the idea one day. And so anytime you stopped there, it was just an extra thing you did for no reason. If you have something like that in your town that just doesn't make sense, you can call your city council person and say, why is this happening? What's the deal? And even if you live in a big city, there's someone who represents your little part of the city and they're your door to making changes, but they're most likely to listen to you or someone of your age group if you show up and vote. And so that's the main reason. Voters have a lot of power, and they especially have a lot of power in numbers. So if you want people with your values leading the country, or again, your state or your city, you got to show up and vote for those people and help other people with your same ideas and values do the same.
1: So what do you think the traditional barriers or what is causing this resistance in these young voters? I mean, only half of them are showing up to the polls.
2: My biggest takeaway from writing this book and talking to young people was absolutely not that they don't care. Like I said, you do care about your health and your education and all of those things, but we're not doing a good enough job connecting those things to voting. Okay. And the second is we really don't do a good job of teaching the mechanics of voting. I don't blame young people at all I blame older people for not helping young people vote. And so that is just something that we have to do a lot better at. But if you are a young person, even though I don't think you're to blame, you can do so much to help if you're a young person in high school or younger even jump in and help too. So I really think it's not teaching people to vote. And then also there are barriers that make it more difficult for some to vote in others And some of those are really simple, like some people face really, really long lines when you go to the polls. Well, if you are supposed to be at work, you can't wait four hours to vote. So there are things that on a policy level have to be made better too. So it's teaching people to vote and then thinking through ways to make voting more convenient. So those for whom it isn't totally easy, we can do better about making registering convenient and expanding early voting and having same day registration a lot of states do that and a lot of states don't so it's thinking through those options as well how to make voting more convenient for everybody and then to really teach in schools and elsewhere how to show up and vote because you can't just show up in all states but one you have to register so Mm. even making sure everyone knows that first step is really important.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So So what are people doing now to teach voting to teens, young people, young adults, like what is going on currently?
2: Sure, that one of the coolest things about reporting this book was talking to people who are just finding ways to motivate young people. And one of the biggest movements is to teach high schoolers how to register their classmates to vote. And it's really amazing. And there's several different organizations that do it. One is called the Civic Center. It's a woman who is a lawyer and felt like she knew the rules of voting and, and how it works. She was a clerk on the U.S. Supreme Court. She was, she's a big, smart, Lawyer. And her daughter had already turned 16 before she found out that in California, you can pre-register to vote once you're 16 and 17. So when your 18th birthday rolls around, you're ready to go. And so she thought, wait, how did I not know this? And then started asking around and felt like most people didn't know it. And mm-hmm. so she started an organization where she has a package that she puts together, and then interested teachers or students at different schools can ask for the information, and she sends them what she calls a democracy in a box that's stickers and registration forms and how to do it in your particular state. And the idea is for this teacher and class to really take it over with the idea of almost like student council. So whatever seniors do it this year, train the juniors for next year so they can do it. And it's this thing that can be passed down with the idea that once it's in a school, it'll stay in that school. And schools have been able to get 100% registration of eligible students by doing that. And she's now in more than 20 states, and it's growing by the day. So it's things like that, just taking the simple idea, finding a point person in the school, making sure you know the rules of your state, which are really important. But that movement, which several organizations are doing, is a really big deal, I think. I think it's a great idea. It's something that any school can do. And then another thing is this idea of what I call positive peer pressure. And that's a person choosing three to five people or 10 people or 20 people, if you're up for it, that you will personally text and say, hey, are you registered to vote? And if you're not, here's a website that'll help you do it. And now let's make a voting plan because it isn't just telling people to vote. We are getting much better about understanding you have to help people vote. Those are really the main ways is just getting organized about it and putting it into action.
1: So anyone that's been around the podcast for a while knows that I'm all about the why behind things. That's like getting to the heart of it. So as a parent, do you have any suggestions for me? Or if I'm a teacher, how can I really penetrate the heart of why this is so important?
2: It's really about showing that voting is empowering it's taking control of what you can for yourself and then the greater world around you. So it's just something that shows you care about others and that you care about yourself and you're willing to tell people, in this case, politicians, what it is that you want them to do. And to also understand that your politician that you're voting for may not always win, Yeah, but showing up is equally important in those cases because the greater number of people that vote for the politician that didn't win those people have more power the bigger their numbers are people listen to them more but I also think as a parent or a teacher or an older cousin, if you're going to vote, you can make it fun for kids to join you and not just take them along, but to also tell them about the process, you know, explain, I had to register to vote and in our state, you have to register X days before, or you can in our state register today, bring in some of the history too, because that really helps drive home how important it is to use this right that you have by explaining that others in our country have not always had it. For instance, when I bring my son to vote, I say, because I was born in Texas as a white woman, I would have been able to vote for the first time in the primaries they held in 1918 that was the first time you could vote in Texas. If you're an African-American mom who lives in Georgia, you might say, I wouldn't have been able to vote possibly until 1965 and why that is. So I think helping understand the history, telling them that they're probably going to get a sticker, that's an important thing for adults. Adults also love the sticker. Who doesn't? It's about sharing the information, making it fun, and then talk about what it is that the people that you're voting for, what their actual jobs are and what they control in a way that kids understand it. If you're voting for school board, point out that school board members decide extracurricular activities or if you get to have a chess team, that really drives home for kids the power that the people you're electing have.
1: And it helps just show really a responsibility and the love for our country. That's something that just shows that you're involved in that and you care.
2: Yeah, it's, I think that's exactly what it does. It says both that you respect the rights that you have and then also a responsibility that you have to use the rights if you want something to change. It's both yes. knowing that you have the right and should use it because so many people didn't have it mm-hmm. for so long but also that we have to keep using it to make improvements and changes and react to all the different things that are happening around us all the time. Voting and participation isn't a one-time thing. It's a lifelong thing to do.
0: So how can we improve the ways that we teach voting if we're teachers or just have any sort of connection with others? Like how can we improve the way that we're teaching that?
2: Sure. It's really about being more honest about our voting history. Voting is one of those things that we as Americans love to just talk about the right and how wonderful it is. Nearly everyone over 18 can vote and we live in this wonderful democracy and all that is true. True and important and we should say it. But we so often just leave out the part about how hard people struggled. I mean, I think it's really surprising to adults to think about the suffrage movement being more than 70 years that it took of constant conventions and protests and lobbying Congress and campaigning against senators who didn't want women to have the right to vote and getting them... Out of office, so you could get new senators, yeah. and that it involved hunger strikes. Even just the women's suffrage movement is very layered and it isn't always pretty. And of course, you need to teach that in an age appropriate way. But being honest about for how long so many people wanted to keep certain Americans from voting, I think drives home the importance of doing it and the importance of voting to make sure that people get to keep those rights. It's not something necessarily that's permanent. And we do still make it harder for some people to vote in this country. And that's something that needs to be discussed and talked about. And, you know, I I think because we so often focus on that we have this wonderful right, we forget to admit that like everything else, it's changing and that it has some problems that we have to address. And And I don't think that should be looked at by any educators as, Number one, I don't think it's partisan. I think teachers sometimes worry about that, but facts are facts. Black and brown people in this country wait more than 30 minutes longer than white people do to vote overall. So that's just a fact that needs to be rectified. I think it's just learning about those issues and being honest about them. And then the flip side, because that's all tough news, is that we need to talk about voting as something that is fun and inspiring and that you can do with your friends and that you should do with your friends, that it's something you should celebrate. Obviously, things are much more difficult on that realm this year because of coronavirus. But one of the most fun facts I learned in the book was that towns who have started having these voting day celebrations So on election day, it'll be a family friendly gathering of whatever works in their city. So if you have a local band, that's really fun and exciting. People like maybe the band can play or the pizzeria donates pizzas. But if you have these gatherings, it helps raise turnout. And that's something fun that everyone can do. This year, (laughs) we got to put a pin in it, which is really a bummer because they were showing great improvement and movement by having these parties in different places. But you know, thinking of it as something that's fun and inspiring and that you just need to plan for, teaching it as an identity of you are American and are you a voter? And taking on this, I'm a voter, taking it out of the every four year idea is something that we really need to get a lot better about teaching because elections don't happen every four years, they happen all the time. There's major (laughs) national elections every two years your state and city has some election every year. you know I mean it's a nearly constant thing in our country just because of the way that our system is set up. So learning to keep an eye on what's happening locally and feeling a part of it. I think those are all both huge messages and small messages that we can do better about teaching young people about.
1: Yeah, great point. So Aaron, in your book, you mentioned some really interesting studies about how the language that officials use on their mailers and their stickers mm-hmm. really affect people's willingness to vote and that parties do that too. So can you talk a little more about that? That was really interesting to me.
2: Sure. The book is called Thank You for Voting, because one of the first things I learned about was this study, this sort of on-the-ground research that was done where they sent mailers. So actually physical pieces of mail to people's homes that basically said you didn't vote in the last election and many of your neighbors did. So you probably ought to show up this next round and and we're going to check and see if you did, because who you (laughs) vote for is not public. But if you vote, is public information. I mean, that's, anyone can find that out. So it was these kind of, you've been naughty and (laughs) others around you haven't, so why don't you show up? And it was discovered that that was actually a pretty good motivator for people, but the problem was candidates who used that, it also made people a little unhappy. It got people to vote, but maybe didn't get people to vote the way that the mailer... Had intended. intended, they got a lot of they got a lot of calls and angry letters about their mailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so as people tried to improve, shame on into that, voting, yeah, yeah. As people tried to improve on that mailer and maybe make people a little less unhappy, they discovered that if they sort of sent what the researcher called to me a preemptive thank you note, so if they said, "Hey, we know that you're a great citizen, and I know that you are going to." show up and vote in two weeks, thank you for doing your part for the country, that that was really effective too. That that was a motivator for people. You know, everyone likes to be praised and feel good about what they've done. And so it was helpful to say, thank you for voting. The language of it was really fun. There's some research that shows if, and it's a little tricky, but if like Just before an election, you ask someone, instead of, are you going to vote, ask, are you going to be a voter? That that gave that same idea of this is who I am. It would be a good thing for me to be, would to be a voter. And so that had some effect, too. But I really took from that the general idea of how great it would be if we really all did consider being a voter as part of one of our core identities that we really want to strive for. Taking on voter as an identity and part of who you are, I think, is something that we could all do, and the beauty is it's something you can always feel good about. I mean, there are just no downsides to being a voter.
1: So I need a suggestion from you, Erin, because I know I felt like this in the past and I've had friends feel this way when you're just so overwhelmed with politics and it makes you anxious and you honestly just feel uneducated. It can make people feel just irresponsible in voting. Like, I don't know enough. I don't feel like I should. What's a simple way for someone that just feels so overwhelmed by politics?
2: Number one, that's very understandable, and that by the time an election comes, nearly all of us, myself included, feel overwhelmed by politics. And so I do think preparing yourself before you go in is important. And that can be as simple as like, there's a website called Ballotopedia or your secretary of state or county have what your ballot is going to be. So skimming down on that and knowing what all is going to be on there before you show up is important. I think if you have races that you're uncertain about, trying to find places that endorse candidates that you feel like you trust can kind of ease the mind. So if you trust your local newspaper, if the editorial side of the newspaper, if that can be a good direction. It really is just keeping up with the news around the races, learning a little bit about the candidates or the issues can make you feel so much more comfortable. And I also think that when you're looking up a specific thing, that's way less overwhelming than just trying to read everything that's coming to you. So answering one or two questions for yourself helps you just kind of calm things down. And then also ask your friends. If you have a friend who is more politically engaged than you are, and you trust their opinions and advice, ask them how they feel about certain things or certain candidates, and that can help. And then another thing you can do regarding the ballot, if your ballot is just super long and it feels like way too much, share it with friends. Say, okay, you look up these three races. I'm going to look up these three races and then come back together. But it is, it really is overwhelming. But I think never let being overwhelmed keep you from showing up. Because we do, truly, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know every race that's on my New York ballot in a few weeks, and I've got to sit down and do that. You can do a quick Google or just go to the candidates' websites, and usually you get a pretty good feel of, okay, this is someone I agree with or someone I don't. And so that's also a really great way, if there's a ton of people, look at the websites and just see what you think. But once you start finding the information, it's it really is immediately calming because you realize, oh yeah, I can do this. It's, yeah. This information is here and it's just sort of drowning out all the noise around you.
0: You talked about a voting plan. What is a voting plan and how does a teen or anyone else make a voting plan? The way to think about it
2: is that it's not any more difficult than making a plan to meet a friend. It's about choosing a time and a place and what you're gonna do, and that's it. So the first thing is just don't stress about a plan, it's just choosing a few steps. So the first is to think, how are you going to vote in your state? You need to figure out what exactly your state offers. In general, it'll be in person on election day, in person during your state's early voting period or by mail. In some states, your ballot's going to come straight to you and that, and you're going to vote by mail and that's kind of decided for you. But in general, figure out which of those three ways is best for you, what you need to do to carry that out. So if, for instance, I am going to vote early in person, so that just required me finding out what dates early voting is available here in New York Finding where my polling place was, that's the second step, because your polling place, if you vote early, for instance, will be different usually than if you vote on election day. So finding out where I'm going to go. And then I chose a date and time and put it on my calendar. And I set an alert. And so even if I wake up that day and want to put it off, I'm going to get an alert that says, "Aaron, today's voting day, get down there and do it. And that's really what it is. Your voting plan, of course, should include what we talked about, about finding out what's on your ballot and who you're going to vote for. But just understanding how you'll vote, make sure you know all of the deadlines to vote whichever way you're going to do it. And setting a time and place goes a really long way into making sure that you're actually going to vote. And then if you want bonus points for all this, Ask friends too, when are you gonna vote? Maybe we can go together or remind each other. A really big thing is if you pledge to someone you're going to vote and they pledge back to you, it's again, sort of just like a party. Aren't you more likely to show up at a party if the person invites you and you say, yeah, I'll be there, voting's the same thing. So it's just find out how you're gonna do it, choose a time and place and make sure you do all the other steps to make that happen. Will you take a bus there? Will you drive? Like really think through those steps when you choose your time and place and it'll just help make sure you do it. So when the day comes, all of your decisions are made. That's kind of the goal is that you don't have to, you do all the planning in advance. So all you have to do is execute when your day comes. And you know, that might involve you voting by mail. It, you might have a few more questions or a few steps once you start figuring out your plan, the questions kind of present themselves and then you answer them as they go along. But having a plan is really, really helpful and sharing that plan with others makes it even more
1: likely that you do it. Great. That makes it feel way less overwhelming and so doable. And I'm just grateful for this time with you. You, It has been super insightful. And we're definitely going to share this episode soon as we approach the coming election. It'll be really helpful for people. We really need to ask you this last question we ask all of our guests. And your answer does not have to be related to the topic we're talking about today, but it totally could be. If you could go back and tell your teenage self one piece of advice, what would it be?
2: It would be to celebrate accomplishments as they happen. Depends on your personality types, and some are way better at celebrating things as they happen than others. But sometimes you can accomplish a goal and immediately start thinking of the next goal or how you wish what you had just accomplished had been a little better or a little different, or did it meet my expectations? And I really think that celebrating and being really proud of yourself for accomplishing something. Is really important and that we have a tendency to play things down once we reach those goals and you shouldn't do it you got to celebrate celebrate when it happens something that I've encouraged my son to do because he's hard on himself is before you start a project write down how you think you'll feel when it's over. And then when you accomplish that goal, go look back. And it's probably going to indicate that you should be really proud of yourself and know how hard you work to get there and what it would take. I think that's what I would tell my teenage self. Be proud of what you do when you do
0: it. What great advice. I love that. That's pretty unique. I haven't heard anything quite like that. Well, thank you so much for all that you shared with us today. It's been so great learning from you. Thanks for so much for having me. I hope it's helpful. And if you can vote,
2: vote. And if you need to hassle your parents and older brothers and sisters to vote, do that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. And for our listeners, we will definitely share the links to get a copy of Aaron's books in the show notes. And you can just search on Amazon for thank you for voting. Thank you for voting, everyone. We will see you next time. Just one more quick reminder and shameless plug to please go click on the link in our show notes to answer our survey so that we can be able to know more about our audience and know how to serve you better for season two. Thank you so much and thank you for being here on Becoming With Us today.